Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32, days, 32 teams in 32 days, and we're doing it Brodo style, which of course means we're covering every team. Every fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. And today we're taking a look at the true throw value king himself, Ryan Tannehill. The one and only, baby. And the Tennessee Titans. I'm your host, Jason, joined by, by my brother, Michael. What's up, Jay? And before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And for a limited time, it is free. F-R-E-E caps. Free. For free, free. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, advanced stats, articles, rankings, waivers, literally everything. Exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, points per opportunity excluding touchdowns. And we're also adding stuff every day. Yesterday, we just added quarterback running back targets so you could see which players throw to running backs the most because Cass did a little study and uh, there's an article about it. And notice that the quarterback is the biggest factor in what uh, makes running back see targets. So now we have quarterback running back targets up. For example, Justin Herbert, highest in the last five years, over 10 attempts at running backs last year. And that's free for a limited time. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash protofantasy. Per game, you're saying. Per game. The averages, yeah. Oh, doy. Yeah. Okay. 10 was not Just making that clear. the highest for the full season. If you want to support this app, uh, patreon.com slash protofantasy. And that's not all you're going to do with it. You're also going to join the community on the Discord, play in leagues with the Broto Bros, get an extra podcast per week, waiver podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. Literally. Go to patreon.com. Look it up. It's very cool. We have a lot of stuff to offer. And every single dollar, I'm telling you, is going to this app. You don't always know where the dollars are going. You know where the dollars are going here, baby, and we appreciate it. Uh, with that being said, you could also find everything at brotofantasy.com, the Broto Hub. And with that being said, let us dive into the Tennessee Titans. So before we dive into all of the fantasy um, relevant players, let's talk about the coaching. Mike Vabral, still at the helm for the Tennessee Titans. One major... Uh, guess difference here is that the offensive coordinator Arthur Smith off to be the head coach for Atlanta and he's been replaced by Todd Downing now who's Todd Downing he was the Raiders offensive coordinator in 2017 he's also the quarterbacks coach for the Raiders from 2015 to 2017 during that span Derek Carr earned three Pro Bowl berths so Derek Carr was his best under Todd Downing he then went to Tennessee uh, and became the tight ends coach. I'm sorry, he went to Minnesota, became the tight ends coach, then went to Tennessee where he was also the tight ends coach. And now he's the offensive coordinator. That might sound familiar because guess what? Arthur Smith was also a tight ends coach. I had the same conversation when Arthur Smith was hired on this podcast. I said he's a tight ends coach, which means they're going to keep a similar offense. Tight ends coaches 
aren't about throwing a crazy amount. They're about using their tight ends to block. That's why I'll get to the tight ends later, but that's why um, Jeff Swaim is on the depth chart, number one, because he's a blocker. That's why they're going to be using Derrick Henry, and that's why I don't think the offense will change too much. The hope is that they pass a little bit more with Julio Jones and A.J. Bowen on the outside, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do pass more, but I expect the efficiency to stay the same. So that's the difference here with the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people think that Arthur Smith made Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill was sixth in the truth throw value under Adam Gase. So I think it's the other way around. With that being said, before I get to Ryan Tannehill, because I've spoken a lot and Brodo knows how we feel about him. So we'll get to him. We'll get to his weapons. First, let's talk about someone who I think you're fading in the first round. I'm not sure. Derrick Henry. Yeah. I almost always fade Derrick Henry in the first round because of his non-pass catching abilities. But look, he doesn't have the nickname King Henry for no reason, folks, right? He's an absolute wrecking ball of a human. He is 6'3", 247 pounds as a running back. That's it? That's it. After leading the league in rushing yards in 2019 with 1,540 rushing yards, he absolutely crushed that, blew that first place finish out of the water, ended first in rushing yards again, topping 2,000 rushing yards, averaged over a touchdown per game, and now he's going for the first ever back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing season. It has only ever happened seven times, 2,000 rushing yards. It has never happened back-to-back. Generally, there is a pretty steep regression for running backs after this, um, after a season like that. But we are talking about Derrick Henry here, who has just been consistently super safe, heavy workload player. Same, should be a very similar Titans offense in that Derrick Henry gets a lot of work. Um, But he's just not a pass catcher, unfortunately. He's only going to catch one or maybe two passes a game, which really caps his upside when it comes to, um, like, not... The boom games, like he could have 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns, so it doesn't cap his upside in that regard. But for safety reasons, like it makes his floor a lot lower, the fact that he doesn't catch passes, because it makes him pretty touchdown dependent. Last season, he had four games outside of the RB30, right? And now he's coming off a season where he had 2,000 rushing yards. Regression is coming. I think Derrick Henry is a safe first-round pick, but I think this is the last year where he's drafted in the first round. And I think people are going to be, especially in PPR leagues, next season be more cautious of the non-pass-catching running back. Like the, I also think Nick Chubb going the first round is dumb in PPR leagues. All right, so I have a question for you. You're probably not going to have Chubb on any... I'm sorry, Derek Henry on any of your teams because you think he's being slightly overdrafted. But let's in assume- PPR leagues, and have PPR leagues... I'll be more willing to give Henry a shot in, like, the late first. That's what I was going to say. Let's assume you're in a draft with a bunch of U's. So people are passing up on Derrick Henry. Where are you taking him? So, look, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Kelsey, Devontae Adams, those guys I'm not taking Henry over. After that, once you hit the sixth pick, I'm okay with taking Henry there. Okay. Like I'm I in half PPR I prefer Derrick Henry um to some of the some of the more explosive wide receiver options than I would if it was full PPR. Of course, because then rushing is 
is a lot more valuable because one point per reception and a half point per reception is a big difference. If you have 100 receptions, that's 50 less points. That's pretty pretty solid stuff right there to just lose 50 points. And for Derrick Henry, when it doesn't really matter that much, he's just going to do his thing when it comes to receptions. I mean, excuse me, rushing yards then. The, the, the less receptions matter, the better for Derrick Henry, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the hope, if you're drafting other Titans, that Derrick Henry continues to be a beast because yep. that helps everyone be more efficient, which gets me to the king of efficiency. hey Ryan Tannehill. Since 2018, his true throw value finishes have been 6, 2, and 3. A top five efficient quarterback in the NFL since 2015. You can find true throw value on the Brodo app. If you're new or you're not completely sure what it is, you can kind of understand it as adjusted fantasy points per attempt. So when I say he was second in 2019, that means that when Ryan Tannehill threw the ball, he produced the second most fantasy points of any quarterback. Uh, That's how efficient he's been the last few years. And the thing about Ryan Tannehill, too, which a lot of people don't talk about, he can run. Usually when quarterbacks get older, they might run a little bit less. But Ryan Tannehill, the former wide receiver from Texas Tech, let's not forget it. Texas A&M. Texas A&M, sorry. uh, Is super athletic. And last year, do you know how many touchdowns he had on the ground? How many touchdowns he had on the ground? I'm going to say six or seven. It's seven, guy. You nailed it. Seven on the ground. So that means he has, because the year before he had four touchdowns on the ground. So Ryan Tannehill, 11 touchdowns over the last two seasons on the ground. Uh, 266 rushing yards, 185 rushing yards. He's always going to be producing points with his feet. He produces points with his arm. And he was even good when Corey Davis was his lead receiver. And now we have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones across from each other. I'm sorry, Corey Davis, but you're no Julio Jones. In the last two seasons, Ryan Tannehill's been 11th and 10th in points per game. This guy is a quarterback one. And the more important thing is that he never kills your team. Last year, Tannehill had zero games outside the top 24 quarterbacks. He was always a quarterback two or better. Some guys you're drafting around him will have a game where they'll be quarterback 30 for the week. That's never Ryan Tannehill. He only had two games outside the top 24 in 2019. So it's two games like that in the entire last two years. The thing, like, the only reason Ryan Tannehill is being drafted behind other people, and it's understandable, is that he's a safer, less explosive option, right? Like, at the end of the day, never being outside of top 24 quarterbacks is good, but he's still not going to have as many quarterback one finishes as the people going in front of him. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Really, once you get past those five, you're looking at Justin Herbert, who Michael wrote an article about potential regression, Tom Brady, who is 88,000 years old, Aaron Rodgers, who had to break the world on fire to end his quarterback three with his arm um, last season. Did I say Jalen Hurts, who is a huge question mark? Like, if you're drafting Ryan Tannehill, it might be smart to stream every once in a while because he's not a surefire quarterback one every week, but he's never going to kill your team, and that's also important. He's always going to put up at least the 14 points, even on bad weeks, and with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both out there now, the efficiency should just go up, if that's even possible. 
Yeah. So I have Ryan Tannehill, I believe, as my wide receiver six quarterback. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. If he was, yeah, maybe he'd be wide receiver six if he was still playing wide receiver. I wonder where he would have went in the draft and how his career would be currently if he was still a wide receiver. Yeah. I have my quarterback six, and I think that's fair. I that's wh- that's who he's been the last two seasons too, yeah. and people still are just continue to sleep on him. It's also a healthy dude; he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's what happens in your athletics. The athleticism of being a former wide receiver. Yeah, and at the end of the day, common sense says, well, sometimes it's not always true. Cough, cough, Michael Hardman, <laughs> that if you like the quarterback, you like his weapons. So let's get to his weapons. Um, we can get to Anthony Farkshire later because there's some real weapons out there in Tennessee, and their names are A.J. Brown and Quintorius Jones. Quintorius Jones, baby. So hit me, bro. Yes. A.J. Brown and the big one. The big acquisition of this summer, the one that A.J. Brown was going on TikTok for and putting out videos trying to get the Titans to trade for Julio Jones, and that they did. And then Julio Jones did not take his number 11 back from A.J. Brown. So... These guys got a nice rapport already. A.J. Brown, absolute stud, folks. Apparently, he played through two bad knees last season for the majority of the season. Only played in 13 games. Still ended with 70 receptions, 1,075 yards, and 11 touchdowns on 106 targets. That was good for 12th in the league in PPR points per game. Yes, he was a tad bit inconsistent with four games at wide receiver 50 or worse, which is not very good. But he made up for it with five of 13 games as a wide receiver one, and he had several boom games. Like those five games, a couple of them were league-winning type weeks. He has a true value King Ryan Tannehill by his side, and this was as a sophomore. As a sophomore in 13 games, he averaged nearly 100 yards per game. 1,075 yards in 13 games is over 80 yards per game and and, and nearly a touchdown per game as a sophomore with bad knees. That he had to get surgery on right after he finished the season. There are issues here though. Injury concerns. He hasn't really been practicing. They said he should be good to go for week one. You never want to hear that. You just want to know he's ready to go for week one. Not he should be ready to. There's also, can Ryan Tannehill continue to be this efficient? He's shown year after year as a part of the Titans he can be this efficient of a quarterback. And even if Ryan Tannehill does drop in efficiency a little bit, A.J. Brown only had a 66% catch rate last season despite all the efficiency from each of these guys. That was 52nd in the league. He also only had 12 red zone opportunities, which was 32nd in the league. His true target value was 16th, so he even outperformed that on a per-game basis by by 4. True target value is a Broto exclusive stat. It's basically what the what the numbers say he should have ended at the end of the season when it comes to wide receivers. So he outperformed that. If he stays healthy, he could absolutely be a top five wide receiver this season, which is why I'm perfectly fine drafting AJ Brown at his current ADP. Some people are taking him over Justin Jefferson. I would not do that. I prefer Justin Jefferson of the two. But A.J. Brown is an absolute stud, and as long as he stays healthy, he could absolutely ascend to being a first-round pick next season, top five wide receiver in the game. Julio Jones, on the other hand, 
Another injury concern type guy. When he's on the field, he's an absolute monster, period. Tannehill is ridiculously efficient, better than Matt Ryan when it comes to all efficiency stats, and he is going to get a whole lot of downfield targets. You just want the Tim will be proud that he threw Matt Ryan in for no reason. I mean, it's not for no reason, but you, you threw a little jab in there. A little bit. Think about the first and ten play action to Derrick Henry. Throw it up to fucking Julio Jones down the sideline one-on-one. Like, Derrick Henry is in that backfield. If they even consider trying to stack the box and leave Julio Jones or A.J. Brown one-on-one, that is a mismatch, period. I don't care what your name is as a defender. I don't care if you're Jalen Ramsey. These are two ridiculously athletic monsters at the wide receiver position. The issue with Julio Jones, though, he's older now. I didn't draft him last season because of the age. I was scared of him falling off due to age and injury concerns. Guess what? There were certainly injury issues. He did not necessarily drop off in production when on the field, but now he is another year older. He is dealing with an injury already in preseason. This has been baked into his ADP, though. He's going as wide receiver 14, 39th overall. Falling into the fourth round in some drafts. I think 39th overall. This is according to Sleeper ADP on the Fantasy Football by Broto app. I've seen him falling into the fourth round even more often now, though. I mean, 39th overall is the fourth round. I mean, the fifth round. I've seen him fall into the... (laughs) Jeez, I kept saying fourth. Into the fifth round a bit. Yes. If you get Julio Jones as your fourth or fifth player, I'm not going to yell at you, man. You just have to have a contingency in place for if he gets hurt. But he's going to a hyper-efficient offense that has been... What if you could just draft Josh Reynolds with your last pick? And I was going to say, I think Josh Reynolds is a very, very solid late round best ball target. He's completely forgotten. He's going to play in three wide receiver sets. He's listed as a starter in three wide receiver sets. And he has two players ahead of him who were already dealing with injuries. I concur. And Josh Reynolds has shown in the past that he could step in. He's not A.J. Brown, (laughs) right? He's not Julio Jones. He's not going to be a monster when he steps onto the field. But he doesn't need to be. Numbers similar to Corey Davis. Who was a wide receiver too last season yeah. on a weekly basis. So I do think Josh Reynolds, who's literally free, last round best ball target type. Why not? Right? Like in redraft leagues, I'm not drafting Josh Reynolds unless it's a super deep bench because there's no reason for that. He could go for a lot of fab if something were to happen to Brown or Julio, which is pretty likely if we're being honest. But if you don't have deep matches, you can't really spend a 16th round pick on Josh Reynolds. There's better players in that in that area. But in a late late round, deep draft, or best ball league, I think Josh Reynolds is a very interesting target. I concur. I, I have a feeling we're going to agree on one injury away, but let's... um. What do you think about uh, Jones and Julio? Well, I mean, Brown and Julio at ADP currently. I'm a little weary of I, I'm I'm on the same boat as you with Julio Jones or I'm a little weary of taking him a wide receiver fourteen. Like there you could still get guys like Amari Cooper, uh like a Mike Evans C D Lamb. C D Lamb. Like you can get guys with a little more upside with a little less injury risk and just like old decline risk. Like even Aerob drops in a few drafts, Cooper Cup. Like these are all guys that I mean they're Upside may not be as high as Julio Jones's, but they're safer. So 
I agree where, as in, if he falls to the fifth round, like, I have Julio Jones at wide receiver 18, right ahead of Lockett and Ayuk and Higgins. There's a chance that I move T. Higgins over Julio. I've been liking T. Higgins more and more. I think that's probably going to happen. So in that case, I have Julio Jones at wide receiver 19. And I think if you can get him in the fourth or fifth round, it's a solid place to get him. And then A.J. Brown, you know I love A.J. Brown. So I'm all on the A.J. Brown train if I can get him. If I can get him um, in the, like at the second, third round turn, which seems likely, or even some spots the third, fourth round turn, I'm all over that. And that also gets me the man everyone's been wanting to hear about, Jay. You, you wasted time on Henry Brown and Julio. I know. Now I can finally get to Anthony Farkser. Who was more interesting before the Julio trade, let's be real. He was. So was Josh Reynolds. Like These are all targets that in a not very high volume offense, they're valuable. But Anthony Ferkser, man, not getting a lot of love, cause, especially because Jeff Swain was first on the unofficial depth chart. But he's there to block, all right? He was on the Titans last season, and he saw 12 targets. Jeff Swain is a blocker. So if he's first on the depth chart, that means it's because they're going to come out with fucking Derrick Henry in the backfield, Swain lined up tight, and they're going to run the ball. With Brown and Julio on the outside. On, the, on first and second down. And then Ferkser will come in. And then the rest of the game, it doesn't matter who's in, right? So Anthony Ferkser is going to be the pass catching tight end. And last year, he was seventh in yards per reception for tight ends. Behind Mark Andrews and in front of Fant and Goddard. So it's good company he's in. And then if you look at Jonu Smith last year, Jonu Smith saw five targets per game. That's it. He was fourth in true target value. (laughs) That's how few targets tight ends see, and that's how valuable Ryan Tannehill's targets are. Jonu Smith, specifically fourth for tight ends, in true too. target value, and he ended 10th in points per game. So even seeing just five targets per game, he ended 10th in points per game. So with Julio, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds in town, it's uncertain how many targets Ferkser will see. But I assure you, Anthony Ferkser is going to be on waiver lists and streaming t- conversations all year. Get used to hearing that name because he's going to be productive in games where he sees work. He was decently productive last year in games that he saw work. We're going to be talking about him, and other people are going to be talking about him. Anthony Ferkser is going to be a hot name when you need to stream tight ends, when there's bye weeks, yada, yada. Yeah. And my draft team is my tight end one? No. But if you really wait on tight end, and then you need I a combo, and you grab, like, Gerald Everett, then grab Ferkser too. It doesn't hurt. I think he could put up, like, a poor man's Johnny Smith type season of last year. Yeah. Where, like, Johnny Smith had some very frustrating games. He also had some very nice games when he uh, was involved in the red zone, caught some touchdowns. Ferkser is going to catch some touchdowns, and those games are going to be nice. It's just going to be very difficult trying to spot the weeks when he's going to go 5 for 50 in a touchdown and weeks where he's going to go 3 for 29. So that's about it for Anthony Ferkser, I think. All right, He's not would... someone I'm, like, actively targeting, though. Yeah, like he's a late dart throw. Yeah. With that said, it's one injury away. I mean, I'll take Josh Reynolds. We already talked about that. Are you going to say Darrington Evans? Yeah, I'll say Darrington Evans. I want to say something about Darrington Evans real quick, though, because it just, I don't know if it was like a a Twitter thing, but it became like this huge thing 
where Darrington Evans's Evans Evans's ADP just started like skyrocketing. When skyrocketing, I say like round eighteen to like round fourteen, but that's a ginormous difference. Just because some people said keep an eye on Darrington Evans, like obviously the guy behind Derrick Henry has value if Derrick Henry goes down. But we are talking about a mountain of a man who has literally never been injured a day in his life, probably. Like, do you ever recall Derrick Henry getting injured? Like, I could go back to his injury history and check, but I don't. He's a beast. So, like, what what are you going to use Darrington Evans for? Like, people in best ball leagues are drafting Darrington Evans over Devontae Booker, who's behind Saquon Barkley, who's coming off a torn knee. Samaje Pirine, who's behind Joe Mixon, who's been getting hurt. Daryl Williams, who's behind CEH, who CEH might even miss the start of the season. Like, what are you doing? It's a terrible idea. So don't do that if you're drafting best ball leagues right now. But he is the one injury away. But he is the one injury away, yes. <laughs> and that's our Tennessee Titans preview. Next week, tomorrow, we come at you with another AFC South team. That's all the information you're going to get. You see how we're going division by division? I Ayo. think you're picking that up. Thanks for listening. Um, you could find us at brotofantasy.com you can follow us on twitter at brotofffjason at brotofftim at brotofffcasanova at brotofffmike see what we did there and of course you can download the fantasy football by broto app today also we are doing a giveaway if you want to get in on a free signed Ocho Cinco jersey Ocho Cinco all you have to do is tell your friends to sign up for the app or you sign up for the app or all of you because every entry um, is a giveaway all you have to every Download is a giveaway. Is an entry for the giveaway. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. All you have to do is put your Twitter at or your email in the promo code section. It's that easy. Download the app, put your name in the promo code. <clears throat> bada bing, bada boom. Uh, you can also support the show at patreon.com slash protofantasy. With that said, we will see you tomorrow. Later. Later. Heat wave.